yeah. So, so you know, we we talk about these pockets of 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 us kind of coming out of the what was supposed to hold us down and oppress us. We had these pockets within history where we definitely showed who we were, our tenacity, our spirit, our drive. Um, but we know that this formula was um, created to be generational. So why do you think that we still have some of this kind of generational submissiveness where it's this kind of slave mentality mindset that continues to plague some, but for others, they, they figured out the, the formula to kind of circumvent that? Go ahead, Dan, because you just you just spoke on this uh, last week. So you, you touched on this last week in your sermon. So go ahead. Um, I, and I'll be brief. Um, so I think when we, we, we're talking about the generational d dynamics, I was talking about what you maybe what you must be talking about, Ryan, is when I was maybe talking about Black Lives Matter and the civil rights movement and this notion that there is a continuum that is among us, but also changing people's minds and minds that have created habits, habits that have created realities, because all habits are not that right, habits that have created realities. So if that's more comfortable sometimes, or if that's just, I don't think it take all that, I don't just, I don't think all of you, we don't have to talk about that, I don't think that's necessary. And that could be for various reasons in terms of not wanting to let go of certain beliefs, even in the face of facts. While simultaneously, I think there's a generation that has picked up, which is what I was talking about, picked up the baton and has looked at, it doesn't look like it did before in certain ways, but it is a continuum. And that's why the uniqueness of what, we see, what we're seeing happening is that because the covers have been pulled off and because of what COVID has done in exposing all of these other ills that have been plaguing our communities, for years and that they were not accidental or coincidental, they were by design. And I think what you have is some of the differences between those who say, I went to school, I got a, a degree, I did thus so and this, and this is where my life is, without taking time to acknowledge the whole shift in the world in terms of what technology has done and in terms of people not work, General Motors folks working 30 and 40 years, that's that reality of folks working one job for almost 40 and 50 years, that's gone, right? This is a different world. And some people would just think, oh, I don't know, but that don't exist. That's not necessary. It, it's, it's not that hard. I did it so you can, in part. Give me a comma, not a period. That's all. Give me a comma right there. Don't say, yeah, I did it so you can, as if you did it by yourself, as if you didn't struggle, as if you didn't have people that informed you and as if you didn't have to deal with what it meant for people to remind you that there is a ceiling that you ain't supposed to cross. So let, if you are willing to be honest about that, and some folk who have made it, some of us, to your point, Robin, who don't want to let go of the mind, because some people can be living under the myth and the lie, and it's so much easier to stay locked into that, because if the truth will make me free, the truth will also unsettle me in ways that I don't want to have to deal with what I know now mm. know I can't run away from. So now what Trump has done is he's helped, and all this stuff has helped put stuff on such display. And when people had to sit there and watch for eight minutes and 46 seconds, it now has helped expose 
the truth of what is taking place and a generation that ain't going home mm. because you got a generation that was in the house, they ready to turn up, but they also are getting an opportunity to build and be a part of community in ways that are empowering and liberating. And I think that's what we're seeing. And we're going to have some friction and tension because everybody going to see it the same way. Did they need to have that March on Washington last week in the midst of the pandemic, even though they told Al that y'all shouldn't have the March because of what is that about Al? Is that really about the people or is that about? Right. And, and, when, you, and when, you, when you talk about, um, you know, some of us that don't want to acknowledge the reality, when you have the, the Candace Owens of the world, when you have the, uh, you know, Ben Carson's of the world, even Morgan Freeman has said there's no such thing as systemic racism. Um, how can some of us just totally disregard that history and that plight while others are, have risen above it? but acknowledge the legacy that was there to get us the opportunity to get to where we are. And I think that, you know, again, when you look at these people, they're given a, a spotlight and it, it confuses some, even some of our own folk, as to, you know, what we have overcome and what we still are trying to overcome. So how do you think that we counteract those those few that are um, trying to speak as representatives of an entire community and say that there is no such thing as systemic racism. Uh, so, you know, I think it's, it's still just that speaking out. You know, we can't just take what they are saying and let it ride. You know, uh, so long we have just accepted what people have said and, 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 and accepted it and not spoken out about it. But, you know, as Damien was talking about, you know, people, I think this pandemic has been, is, of course, has been something that is unlike anything uh, that we've ever experienced. But I think one positive that has come out of this is that it allowed people now to see things that have been going on for years, that have continued to go on, but were exposed, and we weren't we weren't paying attention. You know, it would come across, and and it would be gone today. Now we we can't go nowhere. We can't do nothing. So we have no choice but to be able to focus on these types of things. And, you know, and, and, and just going back, you know, thinking about it to, to your point earlier, Robin, uh, you know, it starts early. It starts in schools, early on in education. We talk about, uh, we started talking about the brainwashing and the, the, how they tried to take the minds of slaves. You know, the same happens in schools, you know, at a very young age. At a very young age, they put our young men, especially our black boys, they label them and they put them in pockets to where they believe where they can't do and they believe that they aren't as uh, capable as their counterparts. And that is that beginning of brainwashing. You know, the same way they brainwash those slave children is the same way that our children are being brainwashed today. So that is all coming around today. So, you know, what we have to make sure that we are doing as parents and, and as, 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 you know, young, having younger generation below us is to get them to understand that and get them to see these things. You know, expose them to this, expose them to what Morgan Freeman is saying, expose them to what these people are saying and let them see it and explain to them why what they are saying is untrue. And you know what we do? I don't have to tell you. I'm gonna show you. So I'm gonna pick up this book and I'm gonna get it and show you, or I'm gonna go on the internet and look it up and I'm gonna show you about our people. And I'm gonna show you what's been happening to our people. 
For you to say that systemic racism is not present in this world today is absolutely crazy, and I'm going to show you why. And I can go and document and look back. We can go look at years. But if we go back and just look at the last five years, four or five years, you can see it pre clear as day. It's there. So for anybody as a black man to say that he does not see that and say that it's not there, absolutely ridiculous. And I will never respect it. So as we were, you know, leaving out of the, the civil rights movement, we know that we saw um, as the control was leaving, we saw other methods being put into place. So you know that we had um, certain powerful black men on FBI watch list because they were smart and they were threatening. Um, so when you look at, you know, Malcolm X and James Baldwin, who had to leave the country because he had this fear that he was going to be killed because the government was watching him. Um, you know, how do you think that lo losing that control of our mind reshaped the methods that they had to employ to keep us held down in, in that uh, perception of being inferior? Um, I think um, what you what you bring up when we begin to think about the assassinations, I've always thought about when you think about Medgar Evers, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Now thinking about the time in which all those folks was killed in, right? Kennedy was the earliest in 63. So from 63 to 68, all of those individuals were assassinated. So when you begin to think about what did that do to us? Because this is part of why uh, Mindy Fuller Love in her book, uh, Urban Alchemy, how, what happens, she looks at how we have dealt with certain health conditions because of the trauma that's been generational and been compounded and created even the health conditions for us. So what trauma, when King gets assassinated, when X gets assassinated, when what, what happened with Huey and all of the pieces that they give us that, or when Fred Hampton, who that movie is about to come out, which I heard they shot in Cleveland, they shot some of that movie in Cleveland. When somebody like Fred Hampton, who is 21 years old, 21, 22, his, his bodyguard gave the FBI the floor plan to his crib and they had Fred Hampton assassinated as Fred Hampton was such a threat because he was dealing with a gang in the community some poor white folks and uniting black folk. And he was white power to white people, black power to black people, brown power to brown people, yellow power to yellow people. This was a problem and he was a panther. So you then have, what because those, those organizations from the United Negro Improvement Association to the Nation of Islam to the Black Panthers, organized, disciplined, understanding history. And what Ryan said is so critical knowing some adults needing to be changed, but it's pouring that truth into young people. And as he said, exposing them to the truth of that history, to understand. So a documentary like Bastards of the Party, where the brothers, how did the Bloods and Crips get started? Well, the whole notion is connected to the Panthers and understand what happened socially, politically, and economically. And so as a child, what, as Ryan said, you do what our Jewish brothers and sisters do, which is what? You don't just learn about the Holocaust when you, by the time you're 12, and, what is Bar Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah, right? Bat Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah, right? 
So, but one but you male, all, female, yeah, right. And you, but and you've already experienced the heart, what they tell you about that trauma, what that pain, because that's the power. And I think, Robin, your question is, some of us, it's hard to, for people to watch 12 Years a Slave, which is all this conversation about, don't make another slave movie, don't make it another, it's hard. These scenes and those movies and what those scenes mean, just like in Birth of a Nation, when he takes a chisel and knocks his teeth out, right? That even what they show on screen don't even capture the whole nature of the brutality, but what it means for some of us to have to kind of face that. Young people, to your brother's point, they sometimes are more well-equipped to handle hard truth because they've had to live in a world and see death, murder, and violence. So they're not like fragile. <laughs> they're not like, you know, they really not because I taught them. <laughs> so <laughs> some of them, right? They're not fragile. So it's how do you expose them to the truth and help them understand how in the world could Marcus Garvey connect with 4 million African folks all around the world without Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, or TikTok. How in the world, what kind of minds? Booker T. Washington living in an 8,000 square foot house, house built in 18, started in 1897, finished in 1901, built by students at Tuskegee who made the bricks on campus. So when we talk about the truth, that history liberates you because you tell, so that's why last thing, Brian Stevenson has created in my estimation the first Black Holocaust Museum in the National Memorial for Peace and Justice and the Legacy Museum with the National Memorial for Peace and Justice that deals with the terror of lynchings in our country. So when you talk about why those men that you named, Robin, and then when you think about women like Angela Davis and Elaine Brown and Asada Shakur, you start talking about what? Individuals who were waking people up to those truths, but who also were creating their own ecosystem ecosystems economically and ecosystems culturally. And that was turning into political power in ways that couldn't be necessarily, they wanted to control. So I think how we share, and that's why they're making this movie about Fred Hampton, what? Now you introduce a whole new generation to somebody who stood for something, who had a particular orientation to organizing and somebody who did something a value that's still worth talking about. And I think that becomes sharing with our young folk that kind of history that's empowering and liberating and transformative. And you haven't let, let somebody else interpret Malcolm for you. Because what we've also done is let people interpret those folks for yeah. us without us doing our own investigation to understand who, who were, why y'all don't like Fidel Castro. Let me understand yeah. why you don't like you. Cause it's something about what Cuba, what Fidel wasn't going and who he, who he connected with. And again, that's on Netflix, Cuba Libra. So look, I'm learning all the time. So look, I'm learning right, all the right. time, I'm in school. Well, and when, you know, taking that a step further, you know, again, some of the constructs that were put into place meant for our, our, our uh, detriment. Um, when you look at the creations of the projects and, and you know, limiting home ownership and redlining and, and you know, um, us being able to get businesses, making it so difficult. When we look at these things, I, I, I see that some of the things they put in place worked a little bit too well, and um, they weren't able to keep it contained. So now we are seeing kind of the manifestation of, of their master plan going awry. So even if you look at gangs, if you look at drug dealers, 
um, you know, these are people that may or may not have made it out of high school, but managed to do um, multi, uh, you know, million dollar businesses in, in some in some cases, able to harness that energy and, and create a uh, a pipeline, um, so to speak, of, of a business that can span multiple states, can expand, you know, countries. And you talk about like supply chains and all of that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so the mindset is there. It's just us being able to get them to see how to harness those smarts. Because I know for, for our family, education is, is was pushed from the jump. We just knew that that's what it was. Um, but as we look at this new America um, and just kind of how the country is going, should we still be pushing, you know, four-year colleges or, you know, now changing the mindset where if you can get certifications, you can kind of take that skill set that you learned on the streets and then turn it into your own business and um, just kind of take what they meant for bad for you and turn it into good. So how do we start those conversations to get some of our inner city youth that are in the streets? to think about their assets and what they have to offer mentally to utilize it in a way where they can be their own bosses legally. Uh, so, so me and Dane talk about this a lot, man. Uh, and we, we've had these conversations, you know, Jay-Z, you know, I come from a hustler spirit, you know? So you think about people like Jay-Z, you think about Nipsey Hussle, you think about Master P, and what they did with their platform and what they started as and where they started and how they have turned that into something that has gone beyond what anybody would have ever believe. Uh, if, if somebody would have told probably Jay-Z at, at the age of uh, you know 17 when he was on the block that he would be a multi-billionaire right now, come on now, nobody would believe that. Nipsey, you know, gangbanger. Nobody would have thought that this guy had that mind that he had on him. But he saw beyond right in front of him. He saw future. He saw what could be and what he wanted. And he said, I have to figure out what I have to do to manifest what I want in my life and the things that I want and what I want for my children and what I want for my family. And Dan, you just preached on this the other night about the legacy, you know, the legacy you want to leave. So I think that comes with us being, you know, the older generation, you know, hey, I'm an educator. I am going to push education to the tenth. I mean, I'm going to push it because I'm an educator. That's what I believe in. But I tell my boys every day, you know, I'm, my, the school I'm at now, I'm at an inner city Baltimore school, west side of Baltimore. I have 99% African-American boys. I have 100% free and reduced lunch. I have grades 6 through 12, you know, all boys. And I'm quick to tell my boys, look, you know what? I'm going to push you and I'm going to say college. But if college is not for everybody, because so many people get caught up in this, you have to go to college, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. And how many of our people are getting uh, in situations to where they are, their lives are, are taken over because of college. You know, they get themselves in debt that they cannot ever outcome. They, they can't get out of this debt because they've taken loan after loan after loan. And some of them still don't even graduate. And then if they do graduate, they graduate and don't have a job so they're looking at something that's completely out of their field. So I think that the big part of it, and, and this is what I do with mine, you know, I always bring, I, when I meet, I, I'm big on networking. I am big on networking. I'm big on reaching out to people. 
and I say, hey, one thing I do monthly, I try to bring brothers in to come and talk to my young men. But I don't bring those college, you know, I bring guys that went to college and have businesses from, you know, and have gone that route. But I bring the guy that uh, I just had a brother, the last brother I had there, uh, high school education, um, started working for ADT security uh, at the age of 17, worked there from 17 to 21. At 21 said, you know what, I can do this, branched out, started his own security company. Now in the DMV has one of the biggest security companies in the DMV uh multi-millionaire right now he didn't go to high school he, he, he barely graduated high school you know so i bring those type of people and put them in front of them because the one thing we want to do and what we what we want to do is give our boys options or not even just our boys we want to give our youth options and we want to show them that yeah we're going to push this college but you don't have that that's not the only way that's not the only way you can be successful. That's not the only way you can make a great living. That's not the way, only way you can make uh, big money to take care of your family, to do everything you want to do, travel and buy this, that. That's not the only way you can do it. So I think that we have to, as a people, get out of this, uh, this bubble that we're in, that we still kind of try to push our kids all to go to college. College is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm, I'm an educator, so I, I'm a believe in education first, but I know it is not for everybody. And I would hate to set a young person up to go there and be unsuccessful. And then when they're unsuccessful there, what do they do? Then they revert back to something. They revert back to what they know. They revert back to what they saw growing up. So then you lost them. So we've got to continue to expose them and got to continue to put them in positions to understand that there are options and give them those options and let them know and have people who have explored those other options come into their life and speaking to them. Yeah, I ain't, ain't too much, it ain't too much left to put on that. I mean, you know, I, I just say one thing, he said everything, but um, first thing I thought of too was when, when you said Ryan Jay-Z, that new video, entrepreneur video with Jay-Z and Pharrell. Robin, have you seen that video yet? Ryan, you say, right, so what you see- on rotation, bro, it's on rotation. And so I think what you see in something like that is the fact that one, Jay-Z and Pharrell aren't in the video. That's something significant. Two, you see now all of these entrepreneurs who've done all of these various things showing what? Options and diversity in the video and giving shine to everyday entrepreneurs, everyday working folk. And I think what we have, what's happening because of democratization of information through technology, because of artists like this, that No Limit Chronicles, have you seen that yet? Oh my goodness. I'm, but I'm, because, because Ryan, to your point, there is education and then seeing how P, which is this is how we don't push education the way it did. P went to Mary College to learn more about his passion so see, the way we dealt with education was go get educated, get your degree, go work for thus and so, over and against, what ways have we identified passions earlier? Go get some more knowledge to help feed your passion and to help what, Ryan? Get you into some networks because there's some people that you would have never met only but for y'all was in the same college, y'all was on the same college. So college should be used to feed passion network. and to mm -hmm. network. If you build a business, people be building business and they see, oh, oh, is the person that they was taking economics with. 
because they know that person. So you identifying talent. But what you think IBM and Apple do? They identify talent at the institutions. So you go and get the information that they use to ultimately build institutions that are billion dollar, trillion dollar companies. They use the folk who go get the education. Some folks, right? They go get those who get educated and then use them to help them continue to expand the business. But what, but what we're seeing, and when we watch in the No Limit Chronicles, I say, one, people can watch that for entertainment, then you can watch it for education. For knowledge. Because mm -hmm. it's real education when you think about what he was able to do, stick to a vision, uncompromising in his vision and how many people's lives he changed. And I think as we show, looking at various examples of individuals who made things happen, not just for themselves, but for others through independence, but also through a, a, a profound and unrelenting belief in themselves and that they had value and what that meant. And that's so critical in terms of how we share those examples and then show everyday heroes as well that are not as famous. Right, but that have made, because Fred, they used to live next door. Hey, I love Fred forever. Fred helped me. Fred blessed my life off the chain. Right, on a lot of levels, and Fred had his own understanding. But what he understood, to Ryan, you couldn't, the stuff that Fred knew about a car and what he could do with a car, he ain't, I ain't never seen no auto mechanic certificate, and he ain't never gone to no auto mechanic college. I'm just, he ain't never gone to no auto diesel college. But he understood, it doesn't matter a different kind of knowledge and us being able to appreciate multiple intelligences, being multi-conscious and being able to engage in the world and provide a living in ways that are, that are different and how you see what education should do to help feed your passion and your desire and not for you to just go get it so you can ultimately be in somebody else's system. And, and kind of building off of, you know, our, our heroes and um, kind of who our community marks as heroes. Again, it's these people that are in the public eye, the, the celebrities, the athletes, um, the entertainers. Um, but what we see, especially on the athletic side, is a lot of our brothers that are passed along. Um, they barely can read. Um, they get put on into college teams and then into the pros, and a lot of them just get lost 